Welcome back to the Heat Check Podcast. I am your host, Chris Patrick, and with me today, as always, are my co-hosts, PewDiePie's newest video editor, Michael Benjamin. What up, what up? I'm working overtime, boys. He's very busy these days, but also, you cannot forget, the Live Golf Tour ball washer, VSP (laughs) Tallman. Dude, you got me with the PewDiePie thing. I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, washing all the balls, man. Yeah, you're washing balls. Mike's yeah. been killing it, editing videos for Valley Sports Plug yeah. and PewDiePie now. That's a go, tall man. task, my friend. Hey, congratulations. I appreciate it. I'm expanding yeah. my horizons. What can I say? It's incredible. Got to do it to him, but incredible. We're excited to be back with you guys recording our June episode of the Heat Check Podcast. We are recording this on Saturday, June 24th, and it is late, fellas. It's 11 p.m. as we're recording this. So oh, I got to go home. Tallman has to go, so it's just going to be me and Michael (laughs) Benjamin tonight. Don't even worry about it. We're going to bring you all the latest in Valley sports pertaining to the Suns, the Diamondbacks, and I guess the Arizona Cardinals. We could talk about them, right, guys? Do we have to? Uh, There's not much to report on, to be honest, but uh, there's a little bit. There's enough to talk about, and you know I love to get fired up and talk shit about Jonathan Gannon and Kyler Murray and the whole... The whole uh, Motley crew over here in Arizona. I was lying. I really want to talk about the Cardinals. We know Tom. <laughs> All he wants to talk about is J.G. Wentworth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was the jingle? Yeah, what is it? 877 cash. No. No, wait. The, the, J, the J.G., the Gannon jingle. It's similar to J.G. Wentworth, but it's the... You mean? I need a new quarterback now. I need a new quarterback new, now. Yeah. Yeah, shots, explosions. Shots, explosions. That's where we're going to be this year. Explosions. Exactly. But no, while we have the energy, while we're awake, let's go ahead and get into the hard-hitting topics. And we got to start off with the Suns because even though they are no longer in season, the off season is kicking off and in full swing. We just had the NBA draft this last weekend. The Suns had a late second round pick and got uh, Kamara Tumasala or some shit. What was his name? (laughs) Oh, no. Are you saying he's not going to be a contributor for this Phoenix Suns team, Chris? Is that what Um, you're saying right now? I'm not going to say... Uh, he's like going to be on the roster. Like Kamara, too much salsa. What too is it, too like? much salsa. <laughs> I mean, after, what after, it is. after a season in Arizona, it'll probably be too much salsa. Do you got? Do you got his? his I couldn't probably pronounce his last name even if it was right in front of me. No disrespect to this young man or anything. Tumani but. Kamara. Oh, I just, oh, you weren't even. Close. I flipped his last yeah. name and his first name. Where's the salsa at? <laughs> it's over at Filibertos. Okay, all right. Too much sauce. Too much sauce. But besides that, that fact, that is, I'm burying the lead here because that is not the number one pressing story with the Phoenix Suns right now. Uh, you've probably all heard by now, but we got to talk about it. It is the trade we made with the Washington Wizards for one Bradley Beal, former All Star, been on the Wizards his entire career, but now becoming the third head of the three-headed monster that is this Phoenix Suns team to go alongside Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. A lot of questions about if this fit is going to work. He's another player similar to Kevin Durant who, when healthy, is lethal, but prone to injury and missing time and not being in games. So that that is my you know number one concern. I tend to come out on these podcasts, I think, and be kind of the pessimist of the bunch. Uh, and I hate to do it, but I think it's an important role to play. So hopefully, Mike, you can bring us some optimism. Is there any, or I, I shouldn't say is there any, but what are the upsides to bringing on Bradley Beal to join this group? You know, first and foremost, I got to say, guys, I was shocked. This one kind of came out of left field 
for me. Yeah. I call me not somebody who's tapped in correctly, but I know that we saw our guy. Um, oh my God, who's he from Jersey? I always forget Flex his from name. Jersey. Flex the man. He kind of posted about how Bradley Beal had that no trade clause, and the Suns were one of the top teams that he was pointing his direction towards. And I mean, Brad Beal, man. It's crazy to think he was the third overall pick in 2012. So this man has a decade of experience in the NBA. He's a three-time All-Star. He's averaged 30-plus points twice. He has a 27-point average over the last five seasons combined. But like Chris said, last season he shot a career-best 50.6% from the field, 23.2 points, but only over 50 games. Definitely had some injuries that he was dealing with. But he was an all-NBA third-team player in 2020-2021. But just hasn't had a lot of success in this league. Basically because he's been on the Washington Wizards. So, Chris, there's optimism for me. Because at the end of the day, I know we see the whole picture with the cap room. And, you know, between our four main guys with Kevin Durant, Booker, Beal, and Aiton. We're already over that first threshold we only have eight guys that are under contract for next year. But with a move like this, it just mean it seems to me that there's a plan in place, right? There's right. The, the movement isn't done with this team just yet. I mean, f- for the fact that this happened, what else is coming next? Who are we going to be able to bring in at those veteran minimums? What other guys are we going to be able to coax here now that Devin Booker has done what he put out into the universe and <laughs> kind of had the prophecy about creating his own super team and bringing it here to Phoenix. And it's an okay start. It's easy to say that, yes, we are always worried about injuries and whatnot. And unfortunately, these guys have a track record over the past couple of seasons of just, you know, missing multiple games, missing extended amount of time, to be honest with you. You can look between Book and KD themselves and Bradley Beal last year. But it's all going to come down to who else you can build around. But this is just unprecedented territory for this Phoenix Suns team right now. Man. I mean, Matt Ishbia is pulling his nuts out and putting them <laughs> on the table. That's all I can say right now. His nuts and his wallet. He is ready to push that luxury tax limit to its max. And you bring up a lot of great points there, Mike, and like I couldn't have said it better myself. But Tallman, like, to loop you in here, you, we always say with any professional sports team, with any professional athlete, the best characteristic or the best quality in a pro athlete is what? Their availability, right? And so... Absolutely, yeah. T- Mike, you mentioned that uh, Bradley Beal only played 50 games for the Wizards last season. I actually tweeted this out earlier in the week. And uh, Davey, shout out Davey, he called me a doomer a little bit, but (laughs) here's some stats for you, man. Bradley Beal hasn't played more than 60 games in a season since the 2018-2019 season. Devin Booker hasn't played more than 70 games in a season since 2016-2017. That one's a little cherry-picked. I had to kind of fudge his list. 70 isn't bad. That means he's only missed about 12. Um, But then Kevin Durant hasn't played more than 55 games in a season since 2018-2019. So basically what I'm getting at is you can count on all three of these guys to miss somewhere between 10 and 30 games, respectfully. Um, And that's, for me, that's a point of concern. Uh, what What do you think? Is that concerning for you? Man, I think we're at the point where I don't really care about the regular season anymore. Do you guys care about it? I mean, this... 
this team right now, how it's set up, granted, <laughs> we have to fill out that roster. Like, Absolutely. And then I think we're going to talk about this, the salary cap hit and the second apron shit that they're putting in, which is really going to hit the Suns hard after this uh, Bradley Beal trade. But at this point, I mean, who who cares? Like, they're, they're a shoe in in the playoffs, right? Can we agree on that? So regular season if healthy, doesn't matter. Asterisks, if healthy. Yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. yeah. And then at, at that point, it's like, yeah, we're gonna win fifty plus games, right? We're we're gonna make we're gonna make the playoffs. So I guess I don't know. I think I think I my mind is a little tainted from Chris Ball getting hurt and can't make it through a playoff series. So it's gonna come down to okay, we're in the playoffs. Can all these guys come together and be healthy for a five, six, seven game series? And that, that's that's how I like the regular season doesn't yeah. like like Booker playing seventy games. That's crazy. You know, like that's a lot. Like we they we don't need our stars to play that many games because we're gonna win. We we should we should okay. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. On, on paper, right? On yeah, paper, we no, should. I I agree with you to an extent about the regular season not meaning that much as long as you secure yourself a playoff spot and you're able to get there. But what I think is important for the regular season is to have all three of these guys be healthy at the same time, build camaraderie, see what it looks like, and see what it looks like. Yeah. See how they play together. How do you figure it out? Yeah, exactly. But you're absolutely Who's gonna play right. Point? Who's going to play point? Yeah, I think I think point book is probably the best option. It's going to happen. But Bradley Beal has been known to also kind of have that similar responsibility and ability to play the one and the two position. But you're absolutely right about needing them them needing to fill out the roster and put some more pieces around these guys because we can't have a three man rotation that just doesn't exist. <laughs> you you obviously got to at least have five starters on the court, and then the Nuggets ran a pretty solid eight man rotation, um, and they won a championship. So I'd like to see us emulate something like that. Um, probably get another you know at least two or three guys that we trust to step on the court and make an impact day in and day out especially given the fact that we know these guys are going to miss games so you're going to need those guys to play minutes during the regular season and be out there for 30 40 minutes or whatever it ends up being I did want to touch on I didn't write it down here on my notes but um, we were talking a little bit in show prep about how the Suns have thrown their hat in the pursuit of Tobias Harris from the Philadelphia 76ers. And from the limited reading I did, it looks like that deal would obviously include DeAndre Ayton, but not necessarily going to the Sixers. They would need a third team to come in, take DeAndre Ayton, and give some pieces back to the Sixers so that we can land Tobias Harris. Mike, what do you feel, or how do you feel about bringing in a guy like Tobias Harris to probably be a starter and the fourth man uh, in this in this team? I feel like we're trying to go back to the 2021, or not the 2021, the uh, 2001 Arizona Diamondbacks, where we were just building a roster of all super veterans, <laughs> and it ended up working for us. I mean, that's great. We win I mean, now, yeah. You know, I don't hate Tobias Harris, uh, bigger body guy. Got to be around six nine. He can shoot the ball. He can go still go off the dribble. He can play some defense. He can rebound the basketball, and I think. A lot of that is going to factor into what you lose on your team, which could be from DeAndre Ayton. I know we've had struggles about how he rebounds and whatnot, but he's still getting you around 10 rebounds a game. So if you don't yeah. have that, you got to fill your different positions to get that. But, man, they're going to have to get really, really strategic and you know, pull out some magic in regard to filling out this team and this roster around these top three guys because if you put together their averages it's got to be close to 
you know, 80 points, right, between those three. So you're not looking for scoring. You're looking for guys who can do everything else. And I feel like Tobias Harris has done that the past couple of seasons behind Joel Embiid, who has been a mainstay for their offense, a guy who was averaging 25-plus points, an MVP in this league now. So he's filled in in a different type of role as a starter, as a guy who can do the little dirty work. So I don't hate that. I'm honestly all about that. I would I would take Tobias Harris in a heartbeat. I mean, your team gets older, but guys, that's what we're going to have to be with all of these contracts. We're going to have to be a team that is filled with veteran minimum guys. Yeah. I mean, but we in that situation though, we would be inheriting his contract that he already has with Philadelphia, which I think is like 20 mil or so, oh, good if Lord. I'm not mistaken. Let, let me let me look it up. I mean, but when that's compared to what we're we're already paying DeAndre Ayton, if we're offloading DeAndre Ayton's contract, we could we would be able to take on Tobias Harris. Yeah, you're going to still have that wiggle room. Right. But that still that still brings into question who else we're going to be able to fill in on this roster to put around him. And I do want to touch on some other pieces about how we got Bradley Beal and obviously the elephant in the room moving on from Chris Paul. What's his contract looking like? Is it 30 million? Oh, it's more it's more than uh DeAndre. Oh, no. Uh it's 5 years 180 million. He's 36 million average. Uh DA is at 32 million oh, average. Jesus. Yeah, so he's oh. more. It doesn't help Oof. us. This, when you're sitting here with Kevin Durant making 47 million, he, Beal making 46, Booker making 36, how, and then DA making 32. So you bring on Tobias, he's making the same amount as Devin Booker. How right. many how, when did he sign that deal? How many years are left uh, on Lord, Harris's let, contract? Let me go back. I'm Is it sorry. More like a salary dump. That's funny because, you know, we're complaining about DeAndre Ayton being a fourth option and being a glorified role player getting paid at max. I feel like it would be a step down if you add in a Tobias Harris for that kind of rate, but ooh, he signed it in 2019. Okay, so so, so it's he, it's it's at, it's at the end. So he's making 39 million this year. Gotcha. But so, then he's uh, it's the end of the contract after that. So obviously. it's just this season, and then he's a free agent. So yeah, see that yeah. makes that makes sense then because I think you can only be over the salary cap and paying the luxury tax for so long before you start incurring penalties and I forget which team it was it might have been the 76ers one of those teams they like the league or no it was the Hawks actually the league told them like they have to clear some they can't have the salary cap they do because they've broken the luxury tax for so many consecutive seasons that they're like you have to move someone so that brings into question guys like Clint Capella and John Collins who are also on the table uh Mike do either of those guys intrigue you as a eight in replacement Ooh, I I might have been Ex- no, I wouldn't say excited, but I might have been okay with Clint Capella. I think it would depend on who else you have backing up as well. Like, are you yeah. giving him full starter minutes? Is he playing 32 to 35 minutes a game? He can rebound the basketball at a high clip, but he's also a guy who's getting a little bit older. I want some youth to be infused within that. John Collins seems to be a little bit hit or miss as well. I know one of the other guys that they were talking about with the Atlanta Hawks was DeAndre Hunter. I wouldn't mind him coming off the bench if they were to look in grabbing two of those guys if it were to be some kind of package with DeAndre Ayton and you could get, say, DeAndre Hunter and Clint Capella. And now when I'm really thinking about it, I'm probably leaning more towards Clint Capella over John Collins just because 
the amount of top heavy scoring we have, we don't need it <laughs> from right. from anybody else. And I feel like John Collins is still one of those guys who wants to kind of go out there and get his own. And to be honest with you, Clint Capella has been in that role of rebounding at a very heavy clip, playing some good defense, blocking shots, going back to his time with Houston. And isn't that kind of what we were talking about if we were to look to move DeAndre Ayton and bring in another center? Yes. A guy who can do that and get paid less money. So I'm I'm okay. I'd be okay. Obviously, there's still a lot of things to happen. I mean, we're, free agency hasn't even started yet Uh, it's just crazy that the moves are already being made and now the Suns are putting themselves in an early position to start to structure their roster how they want to see fit but as Tallman has kind of brought to the table it's going to be a struggle and it's going to be something that you know this front office with James Jones and Matt Ishbia are really going to have to cross their I's and dot their T's when it comes down to bringing in new guys for the for this next season. Dude, absolutely, man. I mean, the Capella part, it gets the juices flowing, man. It makes me tingle a little bit in spots where I shouldn't <laughs> tingle, right? Um, if, if you can pull that off and you can switch out, because Capella's only going to be paid $18 million this year, right? If we can figure that out and somehow do a three, four team trade or whatever, but we're sitting here like, guys, we're going to get hit so hard on this new uh this second apron or second tax apron that's coming out here with the collective bargaining agreement all right i mean i we're talking about it a little bit but i mean it's it's gonna hit us so hard so this what i'm looking at right here it came out in april and this is well before we brought on bradley beal making 46 million dollars so right now the suns we're looking at 47 million for kevin durant 46 million for bradley beal 36 million for uh, Devin Booker and 32 million for uh, DeAndre Ayton. So at this point in time, like it, it, he's got to go. We like there's no if and excuse me, there's no if and and buts about it. Like DeAndre Ayton has to get moved off this fucking roster, or how are we gonna have a fucking team? How are we gonna have 14 players to start? We like we don't. It's not gonna work out. And what's great about it though is we're gonna have an owner who looks at this second apron tax. And he probably doesn't give a shit, right? Going through some of the stuff that's coming in. So the second apron is going to include the loss of mid-level exception, a ban on including cash as part of trades, and the inability to accept more salary in a trade than the team sends out. A team in the second apron will also be unable to aggregate salary in trades and cannot trade its first-round pick seven years in the future, which is maybe why we probably shelled out all of our first round picks. <laughs> I mean, NBA draft in Phoenix is just another day. It doesn't matter. Like we're not going to be picking anything in the future. It doesn't even matter. It also adds that you can't sign players on the buyout market. So that seems so, am I crazy? I'm not a lawyer or anything, but that seems so restricting. They're trying to like create parity in the league. Well, more, no, or? no, they're trying to get people to deter from making the super teams. Exactly, because remember well, that remember the super teams died, and then now we have a super team in Phoenix. But since well, okay, and then, and then they just pop out this right I, when we create a super team. I guess how many super teams really worked and had longevity? I mean the the LeBron Heat, James, the Heat, yeah. obviously, Wade, and um, you could argue the Warriors, but they had already won without Kevin Durant before they added him. Didn't they win twice with Durant? No, once. Sorry, I think just one. 
They won twice. They, they won twice. Back to back, right? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. that's a super team. Absolutely. But, you know, three of those guys were homegrown talents that were all picked True. by the Golden State and Warriors, they, and then they added in Kevin Durant. So they did create an even more... <laughs> uh, <laughs> A crazy, crazy yeah. super team, but I, I see what you're saying there, Tom. And then the Nets tried to make a super team. Yeah, and how didn't did work that, out. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't that, just because you're creating on paper a super team doesn't mean it always works out. But I guess, I guess I get it. I I just don't understand kind of the stuff about like not being able to sign players on the buyout market, not being able to include cash in trades. It, that that kind of stuff seems a little bit arbitrary to me. Seventy years in the future, you can't trade your first round pick. Granted, the Suns don't have one, like we said, but. Damn. Well, and that's and if you guys anyone goes back and watches the live stream Mike and I did uh watching the NBA draft, we kind of talked about that proposition of like if you're a team that's winning and finding success and you have a first round pick, do you even need to bring a guy on because you already probably have your starting five built out and are you going to want to bring a rookie onto a championship roster and have him play significant minutes? And then it's like that argument we were talking about of Bringing on, would you draft a guy in the first round to be a role player or a bench guy or someone you just build up? And so I think it makes sense for teams to trade their first round pick if they genuinely don't have a need to rebuild and get those young guys and let the teams that are rebuilding compile two, three, four first round picks if they want and build their roster that way. That makes sense to me. Do you remember our last first round pick for the Suns? Oh. Was it Devin Booker? Jalen Smith, right? Oh, Jalen Smith, yeah. Oh, Jalen Smith, in, in, okay. In, in 2020, yeah. I was way wrong. We, we, we had drafted Josh Jackson also yes, um, yeah. before that. Third overall. Where's Josh Jackson now? Uh, G League, I think. Is he in the G League? Wow, good for him. Last I saw, yeah. Oh, he's awful. He's not in Maccabi Tel Aviv with Dragon Bender? Are you sure? I, I think he's heading My there, goodness. or maybe he's going to go play with Overtime Elite. I don't know if he has eligibility for that or not. <laughs> Overtime Elite? Jeez. Oh, man. and uh, I don't want to go into that because I was watching this that's where the Thompson twins. I was gonna say, or, quick, um, it was Thompson, yeah, the Thompson, Thompson twins. twins. Quick sidebar, yeah, yeah, I was watching a video about the Thompson twins that the Overtime Elite put out, kind of congratulating them on both getting drafted. And this is totally unrelated to what Who we're the talking fuck about. Are but they playing? Well, that's that what makes I'm saying. I, so I, I worry if they're <laughs> like, going to be ready what? for the NBA. Exactly. Having I, not to say that college is the elite level of competition, but the the Overtime Elite competition is even less, in my opinion, than the NCAA because they're they only have like four official teams and then they they play like private schools that aren't like private colleges that aren't in the NCAA and not competing in that so it's like how much real competition and real basketball action are you getting but again that's totally that's sidebar we'll see what the Thompson twins do they were both top five picks which is that's impressive but it's first time ever two brothers when uh two 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 brothers Trivia question for you. Top five. I I don't know if this is true, but we'll just say it's true. Okay. Who were the last twins that were drafted in the first round in the NBA draft? Marquise Morris and Marquise Morris. Boom. Yeah. Tom, and you get the gold star. And it's Marcus, not Marquise. I know. Fuck you. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Excuse my language. (laughs) Well, hey, Chris... What did I say? I said Marquise. You Marquise? said Marquise, I think. Are you saying oh, that that league isn't really at the top level? Haven't you seen their stadium? Haven't you seen all the sparkly lights there? It is very. It is impressive. I saw a lot of. Uh, I saw a lot of clips of Thompson twins dunking on mediocre competition. So I think that's, <laughs> that's enough. what it is. I think that's enough to draft them top five, in my opinion. And you can argue that shit about fucking Wembenyama too. Yeah, I mean, they're playing in France, dude. What the fuck? He's, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, how, how, I'm trying how to pull up his stats right here, man. But I mean, for the Metropolitans, I think it's 92. With Wembenyama, though, you're more of just he's like a fr- not necessarily a freak athlete, but just did like, you see him throughout the first pitch of that baseball game? 
I didn't see him throw out the pitch, but I saw him holding a baseball, and it was like <laughs> ridiculous. It was like me oh holding a golf ball. Yeah, yes, exactly, bro. <laughs> Absolutely absurd. Him standing it was, next aw- to, it was an awful throw. Him standing yeah, it was, next it was to really Adam. Bad. Well, how could you throw a baseball I, when you're? I don't know. Hand? They should have had him throw out a basketball as the first pitch. That probably would have been better. He could control it with three fingers. Come on, if you're an athlete, you're an athlete. You can throw any fucking ball. It's not that hard. Dude, his fingernail okay. is as big as my entire finger. All right, he averaged uh, 21 points, 10 rebounds. Well, I'm saying, and that's the thing, like, with Weminyama, it's different because he's big, he's lengthy. His, like, his wingspan is the same as, like, eight subway footlongs or something like that. <laughs> Ask um, Jared about that. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but besides the fact, and with Weminyama, too, did you see that clip of, like, he shot a three, chased his own rebound, and then fucking, like, dunked it? Oh, I did not see that. It was, yeah, oh, that, okay. that one was making right, the rounds. Right, right, right. So I mean, I take that back. Then I don't want to get into Wemby. <laughs> we we can we can have the Wemby boomer bust conversation as the as the the off season goes on and we get into next season. But while we're still on basketball and the Suns, obviously we're we all know and we've been talking about how we need to fill out this roster, some potential ads. I got I got a few more points that I want to make, and then we can maybe move on to something else. But when talking about guys, we can bring on or maybe bring back. How would you? guys feel and michael ask you first how would you feel about bringing back a guy like jay crowder oh you gotta ask me first if we can bring back (laughs) Jay crowder see the problem with any kind of situation like that is that we're all in the dark we all don't know what really happened except for what's been posted all the cryptic tweets all of the you know it my time is coming all this monty's gone it's probably a Monty thing, thing. Is it a Monty right? thing? It's right? probably well, a Monty thing. That's the th- that's the rumors that have been coming out more, right? Like once you got on Monty Williams' shit list, like it was kind of over for you. They were already saying that with DeAndre Ayton, and that was what they were saying was the big deal with Jay Crowder. It wasn't the situation about bringing Cam Johnson into the starting lineup. It wasn't the situation about a next contract. It was just a situation about these two guys didn't get along. So Monty Williams wasn't willing to kind of tie his personal preferences and bring in the best players that could continue to keep you at the successful rate that the Phoenix Suns team has been at the past three seasons. And we didn't get this guy to play at all before he was traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. And we saw what happened to them in the playoffs. And we saw what happened with Drake Crowder not contributing. So I think a big True. thing... The regime change, guys, the entire regime change is just completely shifted for this Phoenix Suns team. I know we have James Jones still listed and labeled (laughs) as the GM, but as some reports have saying, Isaiah Thomas is in the ear of Matt Ishbia and has started to kind of become his right-hand man with you know basketball operations. And James Jones is basically just kind of the face at this point, so... You know, if they have a decent repertoire with Jay Crowder and good conversations and say, hey, it's a whole fresh start. You still got your boys who you were rocking with beforehand. I don't know if they ever had tiffs. If he ever had tiffs with Chris Paul, you know, that's another guy that's gone. Maybe he and Landry Shamit were the worst of enemies. Now Landry Shamit is gone. So this would be a beautiful opportunity. To Hallelujah. But and Chris, before we're done with basketball, we got to talk about that too. But oh, absolutely! I think it, I think it would just be kind of a tough pill to swallow after last season, with the struggles that this team had early in the season, with the amount of injuries that we had, 
and we were barely staying afloat. We had so many different losing streaks, and all we saw was Jay Crowder in street clothes, not even with the team. It's, I feel like it's just too soon. You know, it's one of those moments where it's like, I know he could probably come back and be a contributor, but I, I just don't know if the wounds would be healed at this point. I would take Jay back, absolutely. Because if you sit back and you look at the the roster of last year, where was our enforcer? Where was the guy? Where was our Draymond Green? Where was our Marcus Smart? Where was the guy that wore his emotions on his sleeve? He did. Right? Bring, he brought some attitude. To yeah, the he team. did. Yeah, right. He I, was I always. He had everyone's back. He was the. He was out there talking smack. He was out there fucking salsa dancing. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. No, he was. He was playing with heart, man. He was playing with heart. So where do who who was doing that for us last year? Uh, can you think of anybody? Booker was. Booker a little bit, yeah. Yeah, but Booker's so even keel, man. I mean, you can't even. It, that's just how Booker is, right? I mean, Cameron Payne's always dancing, so he could fit. Into <laughs> no, that. I'm talking about somebody. Well, and maybe maybe that's that's a great point, Cody, because maybe that's why. Um, what's his face? Uh, our, our Monty Williams didn't like Jay Crowder is because he's so peace and love and so calm. How often did you see? Monty Williams get fired up. He never got ejected from a game. He never got crazy. And like, not the saying you have to do that often, but when times warrant it, like you want to see your coach get fired up and go after well, and defend their players, guys man. and protect your yeah, players. It's, it's yeah, not like absolutely. baseball at all. I mean, I can't, I mean, I could probably count on one hand the times I've seen a basketball coach get ejected from a game. Uh, NBA, that is. Well, we just saw earlier this week the Nationals manager was humping home plate, arguing <laughs> well, with the ref yeah. and getting. Well, that's baseball. That's part of that's part of the tradition, man. That's this is what they. Well, do. and that's, I feel like I feel yeah. like I mean maybe I don't want to say it's necessarily unique to baseball, but I feel like if your manager is ejected in baseball, the show can go on maybe more so than if well, you have a game plan. head coach. You, you know what you're gonna do, but yeah. Well, no, like, but I mean, that's that's what I'm saying though. Like, with the Suns, it's like Jake. I would accept Jay Crowder with open arms. I mean, you bring him on, he he would come back for the veterans minimum, mm-hmm. obviously, right? I mean, he can't command or he can't command much more than that at this point. I, I yeah, no, I don't think so, and I wouldn't be opposed to it either. I think I'm with you there, Tom, and like. Whatever happened, it's in the past now, and we're starting anew. We have Frank Vogel now. We still have Kevin Young, and now we even have Mike. Help me out. Who are other assistant coaches? Fizdale. Um, Fizdale. David Fizdale. Thank Take you. Take that yeah. for data. They're not going to rook us. <laughs> I love it. I love our coaching staff right now. I oh, I wasn't exactly sold on Frank Vogel hitters, when the news baby. first came down, but yeah. man. Uh, Fisdale could be a head coach in this league, and the fact that we have him as an assistant, and also Kevin Young was even eyeing the head coaching job here in Phoenix. So we basically have three potential head coaches running this show, and not to mention Kevin Durant, who is a brilliant basketball mind, basically a player coach on the court, and will be able to mentor these young guys. I mean, I know that's why we had Chris Paul here initially, and I do want to get into that, actually, is this deal that we made to get Bradley Beal, which actually just made official here in the last 24 hours or 48 hours, something like that. Um, And it kind of breaks down like this. The Suns will acquire Bradley Beal, Jordan Goodwin, and Isaiah Todd. I didn't actually know this at first. Uh, This ended up being a three-team deal. The Wizards got in this deal Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, and the draft draft rights to Belil Coulbier, and then the Pacers hopped in, and they got the draft rights to Jairus Walker. And then uh, also the Suns' 2028 second-round pick and the Wizards' 2029 second-round pick. Um, and also, I I, sh- I shouldn't gloss over the fact Seven that the Wizards ago. got like all of our draft picks for the next 10 years. But 
Wow, holy cow, we got rid of Chris Paul. Is that a good thing, Mike? It's a great thing. It is great. Um, it's a great I, thing. I agree with them. Right? Though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think, I Absolutely. think it's a great thing. You, you got some. So you literally, you're, we were talking about for months, do you wave and stretch him, right? We're like, wave and stretch him, wave and stretch him, wave, wave and stretch him, right? And then you could turn around and trade him and get Bradley Beal. Dude, we literally stole Bradley Beal. Like, it, that was an incredible trade. Yeah. Oh, second round picks. We already know. <laughs> we already know how the Suns feel about draft picks. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> Doesn't dude, matter, dude. dude. The Suns haven't given traded. a shit about draft picks exactly. since See? 2004, exactly. man. Exactly. So you're over here, and you you can take you can take Chris Paul and turn him into Bradley Beal. Granted, you'll you'll Bradley Beal. Dude, an astronomical amount only of money. Good, their only good but, draft pick of the last seven to ten years has been Devin Booker. Yes, so yeah, and he was it. a thirteenth. He was thirteenth round, or excuse me, thirteenth uh, round. 13th, Holy yeah, thirteenth round. <laughs> oh, thirteenth oh, round. Going back to the nineteen seventies. Jesus, yeah, right? Jesus Christ, get it right. He's thirteenth. He's thirteenth overall. Um. So yeah, I mean, goodbye. I mean, he's in. Uh, he's in Golden State. Does he fit there? No, he doesn't. Old man trying to. P- trying to play a fast-paced NBA how that team plays how that team plays basketball it's not going to well, work out. I don't know how he fits in. And then you got Steph Curry starting point guard. What is Chris Paul going to come off the bench? Is he okay with that? I I cannot picture Chris Paul They'll start both being okay coming off you think okay so Curry Curry's going to be he's gonna be, be the, the two three. so Yeah. Yeah, fuck, they should drop Clay after what he did in the playoffs. Okay, uh, hold he, on he one can't. second. Pump the brakes. Sorry, pump I, I, the brakes. That, was, that was dramatic, but he looked like a shell of himself. He was awful. Uh, and, Absolutely and, awful. And I'm not saying pump the brakes on what you just said, Tallman. I'm saying pump the brakes on Chris Paul playing for the Golden State Warriors next year. Ding, ding, ding. You're talking well, no, about... They, they can't trade him, right? They have to... Oh, they could probably... They'd have, to, they'd have to wave they him. Probably, I mean... We're talking about the new GM and Mike Dunleavy, who literally had a press conference talking about how Jordan Poole was going to play for the team for the next four years. And three days later, they shipped his ass out. They're gonna, they're gonna wave him. They're gonna cut him. Whatever. And Chris Paul is going to find himself somewhere else because Chris Paul and Stephen Curry together makes absolutely Zero no sense. sense. You're right. Yeah. Zero sense. So and it, and they're well, not in rebuilding of, mode. They can probably get some pieces once again, but I don't think you can get true, incredible pieces for Chris Paul, but you can give yourself the cap space to try and get some other guys. You know, there's still some decent free agents out here in this class, but Chris Paul with Golden State at this point, I mean, Clay Thompson already took a step back, and Stephen Curry, I know, is still playing at an incredible rate, but he's only getting older as well. So to add a 38-year-old point guard into the mix with them and think that they're going to make a deep playoff run, it's just, I, I don't think it's going to happen it's whatsoever. Not, it is. So so why are they over here shipping out pools so quick? Because Draymond punched then, him in the face. Well, because Draymond's over here, but he declined <laughs> but his... Draymond's he, not even going to come back. He declined uh, his player option. That's true. So they're probably out here like, hey, Draymond, we're picking you over the kid. Like, punch him again on his way out. You know, like, <laughs> they just fucking shipped him out so quick. But they paid him, though, too, before he Pool. went out. Yeah. Pool, yeah. So, I, all right, so you don't, th- you don't think he's going to get stuck? You don't think it's going to be a, like Chris Paul and OKC when he got stuck in OKC for a year? I mean, I think that would be terrible look, for look, the Golden State Warriors, to look, be honest yeah. with you. Tallman with all the basketball knowledge. 
No, you'd be right. I, I mean, if they do get stuck, then <laughs> yeah. they're screwed, man. I'm telling you. This is a guy who hasn't been able it's to make to it through a playoff him. run in the past three seasons. Well, but if he comes off the bench, younger. if he's going to back up Steph Curry. Well, the, the, the Warriors also got stuck with D'Angelo Russell for a season, making a very similar deal. Oh, he's awful. Do you think that Chris Paul strikes anybody as a guy who's ready to step into a backup no. role? No. And come off the bench. No. It, it, do you think he wants a dude, title that dude, bad? We are, and the Warriors still don't even have the pieces. Maybe. To no, you, we're, we're like, like three years right removed from him going like fourteen for fourteen no. in a playoff game. The probably the best playoff game in Sons history. No, Mike, I can very clearly answer. He can your play question. ball. I know he's not coming off the bench. I know that Chris Paul doesn't want to do that to win a ring, and he won't do what it takes to win a ring by any means because he refused to take less than his thirty million dollars salary to stay here with the Suns team. Nailed they it. had that conversation about waving and stretching him, having him come back on the veterans minimum so they could build this roster out more, have him be a part of it, and he said no. So Chris Paul, good luck, man. Good luck getting into the Hall of Fame with no rings and being forty years old and still trying to be relevant and <laughs> playing thirty, forty games a season and never being available in the playoffs oh chris you know he's gonna make the <laughs> hall of fame he'll be a first oh they let guy. anybody in any these days man he'll you stay in the league first, long enough you get to be in the 20 years no, 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 yeah no, and you set career goals. Mike, okay so he's gonna stay in the warriors and then the suns are gonna play the warriors in the playoffs right we're gonna playoff series and then we're gonna play against chris paul except chris paul is gonna be in the second row wearing street clothes Bro, I just because he's not gonna he's not gonna be he's not gonna be playing. <laughs> it's that second round. You can highlight it <laughs> on no. the sheet. He just won't be there. Oh, that's tough. Nah, he's gonna be wearing street clothes, man. Or he'll be on the roster for half the season. They'll cut him, and then the Warriors will go on and win a ring, and he'll get a ring just because he was on the yeah, roster it, for long enough. Th- there you go. That's that's <laughs> that's probably more accurate. And then he can hang the ring in Canton. Oh no, that's football. Eh, he could, and, uh, then finally Springfield. His, Springfield, there you go. Finally his daughter will stop getting bullied at school. Oh no, <laughs> damn. Okay. Oh, your daddy we, went to Golden State on. and got a read. We We're getting too far off topic. Oh, we we gotta bring it back just a little bit. Okay. Sorry. I, I think that the Chris Paul move was what you had to do. We weren't able to restructure. We weren't gonna be able to just fit the pieces in regard to salary to get him off of the roster and from what Chris was basically saying he wasn't willing to come back to be a part of this team with the added additions at a smaller, you know, pay rate and to get off of him is what you had to do and I know that there's been different sayings where oh the Suns they got the best part of the deal they fleeced the Washington Wizards and then other people are saying well, you know, we'll see in the future with the with the swaps and the draft picks and all this kind of stuff and you know we even have to talk about the two other guys that the Suns were able to get out of this uh this trade with Jordan Goodwin and Isaiah Todd I know Chris has some infatuation for Jordan Goodwin you know in 62 games last year averaged 17.8 minutes he did spend a decent amount of time the past two seasons with their G League affiliate which is capital city go go Ooh, I, I, wish, I wish they would have called him a go-go. <laughs> that would have been perfect. I'm about to go-go home because this is way too fucking late. I've, <laughs> I feel like Isaiah Todd was kind of a throw-in as well. But, you know, the last this is probably the last time that I'm going to say it. And maybe and hopefully you guys will hold me to this as well. We bid Chris Paul adieu. 
we thank him for his service and what he's done for this franchise the past you know three seasons bringing us back to notoriety helping build devin booker to that next level to be able to create the winning culture a winning culture and have high 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 profile guys want to come and play with him you know we're indebted to him at the end of the day but he just wasn't a piece that's going to take us to where we need to go and it was time to move on especially for a guy who couldn't last in three playoff series i know that first ra- that first run that we had when we made the finals some of it was injuries some of it was covid some of it was craziness we were going through a different period in our years but I think we just know what Chris Paul can bring to us right now, and we need to move in a different direction. So I'm all about it. We'll see what happens with Bradley Beal. But I think, Chris, you might have to echo something after this. I think the most exciting part about the trade was that the Phoenix Suns were able to get Landry Shamit out of Phoenix. (laughs) What do you mean we love Shamit? Goodness, man. Shamit might have became the most hated Suns player in the Valley. 15 million? What was he making? After his playoff performance. He had one good game in the playoffs. I was going to say, game four didn't change everything about his entire game for you and your thought (laughs) process about him, Chris? Um, Honestly, it did not. Not even close. Uh, he, He showed up, I guess, for one game when nobody else did. And, you know, you're going to have those nights. Every player in the NBA, for the most part, deserves to be there. And it's the toughest league. I always say this, and I will continue to say this. The NBA is the toughest and most talented league in professional sports because of the roster size. There are so many people that play basketball and can play at the highest level. But the NBA is just a whole nother animal. I mean, you look at baseball. They have triple A, double A, single A. They have 40-man rosters. Granted, a variety more positions, but football, fifty-three man rosters. Hockey, I don't even, I don't even know how many you're allowed to have on a roster in hockey. But they also have lower levels of like, um, it's not AAA, but basically the hockey equivalent of what a AAA team would be in baseball. Um, but more to the point, like Landry Shamit is obviously a good basketball player. He can score, but I just don't know if he is a NBA quality talent to be a starter. And that's what Monty Williams was doing. He was having him be a starter when Chris Paul was out, when we needed him most, when he couldn't suck it up. And I don't know the severity of his injury, so I don't want to talk too much shit about Chris Paul in that regard. But Landry Shamit just wasn't the guy. And like that was my biggest frustration with Monty Williams is he always had, quote unquote, his guys. And he trusted these guys and gave them a long leash I mean we can go back a couple years and look at a guy like Abdul Nader what the hell Monty Williams like so on two fronts I'm very glad we got rid of Landry Shamit I'm very glad that we moved on from Monty Williams and trifecta I'm very glad we moved on from Chris Paul because doubling down on what I said he was never there when we needed him the most and I hope that's not the same story for Bradley Beal he is significantly younger than Chris Paul. I think he is turning 30 in a couple days or the end of this month or something. But besides the fact, I'm just very, I am optimistic for this season and I've been optimistic about the Suns as a whole, but also it's with an asterisk of like these guys being injury prone to bring it full circle. Uh, Mike, you're absolutely right. We, We got rid of Landry Shamit, which is great. We brought in this guy, Jordan Goodwin, who everyone in Wizards media is saying is a great steal for us on and kind of buried in the lead under also stealing Bradley Beal. A lot of GMs are really scratching their head at this deal. So last thing I'll say before we move on to the, our next topic is just 
really curious to see who we can bring in to build around these guys. Because right now we have, what, eight guys on the roster? Do you want the list? I want the list. All right. Of course, we got Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, newly added Bradley Beal. We still have DeAndre Ayton. And then we have Ish Wainwright, Campaign, and then our two new added guys in Jordan Goodwin and Isaiah Todd. And Chris, I'll echo your sentiment. I am optimistic for next season. And I'm excited, man. I'm excited because, dude, this team is going to be extravagantly different. Yeah. We are going to see so many new faces for this Phoenix Suns team. It can be a gift or a curse. We'll find out when the time comes. But the beautiful thing is that we have our three key pieces put together early to be able to go through an offseason together, to be able to start training together, figuring out what gets them ticking, and working together to get ready for the start of the season. But like, I'll echo a little bit of Tallman, what he says. Regular season doesn't matter as much. I do love good seating. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. love that. That's big. I love that. That's big. We're going to get into the future with the talks about the in-season tournament as well. That's going to be something that is a different wrinkle that you have to throw into the NBA game as well. What teams might be in a position to really go for that tournament or what teams might tank it, even if they make it, and just save guys for that eventual NBA championship. But my goodness, we're not even into July and things are heating up. This is crazy, man. Absolutely. Tallman, you got anything else you want to say about the Phoenix Suns yeah. and uh, um, this coming off season and season? No additions, man. Uh, well, if they don't get rid of uh, DA, it's looking like uh, it's going to be a lot of veteran minimum contracts we're going to see to fill out this roster. So then the whole idea comes in. Okay, well, what happens if we don't get rid of rid of uh, DA? How does this team look if we keep DA? Can DA survive in this locker room? Does he have the trust of Booker and, and Durant, right? So I'm going to talk like we get rid of Aiden. And who can we bring in, dude? I mean, fuck. I, dude, if we can find a way to bring in Draymond Green, I know that's going to be a really... Imagine him on the... that. That's like a guy that you hate unless he's playing for your team. Uh, That's somebody you hate unless he's playing when you, for your When team. you really need a guy to go out there and yeah. kick someone in the nuts, Draymond well, Green is yeah, guy. Well, yeah, he's not kicking you in the nuts. He's kicking someone in the nuts for you, okay? If he's <laughs> if he's wearing a fucking uh, a PHX jersey, dude, hell yeah, sign me up. Um, but, Chest stomp dudes yeah. left and right. But, oh, but like, yeah. let, we got to sign, we got to sign some like uh, a Mason Plumlee or or something, dude. Like, we you got to sign some center that can come in, defend. Uh, no, get get some yeah, boards, defend, rebound, and somebody that only costs like twelve, thirteen, fourteen million dollars, right? But we have to we have to really accept the fact that we might be looking at life with DeAndre Aiden. Yeah, like like You're that's that's wrong. that's a, we we could probably go another fifteen minutes talking about life with DeAndre Aiden. That's a very and what this team's gonna look like. Because yeah. if no one wants, because they've made it clear, and they what I mean by they is. The Suns' front office made it clear that they're not going to let DeAndre Aiden go for pennies on the dollar, right? So, if they don't get what they want, dude, we're sitting here and we're looking at that thing. Oh. We're, we're we're looking at we're looking at Durant forty seven million, Bill forty six million, 
Fucking Booker, $36 million, and DA, $32 million. We're looking at that, and that's going to be our life. Also, our, also, get ready, guys. The next three years, the next three years, we're stuck. That's our three. That's our trio. We're stuck. I mean, yeah. what's great about hey, Beal is... I don't is hate he, that trio. It's man. not the worst. It's not. It's not. Not the worst. But Beal, I mean, he waived his no-trade clause to come here to Phoenix, Arizona. And now he still has a no-trade clause. And he does. Yeah, we, we can't trade him. He, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> Obviously, Booker's not going anywhere. Yeah. Durant's not going anywhere. Beal, we physically can't let him go anywhere. We can't God, move him anywhere. Tommy. So that's that's our. T- so okay, if you guys want to buy a jersey, Man, go buy a Bradley I, Beal jersey. It's gonna be good for yeah. the next three years. So okay, I, go I, ahead. I was just gonna say, I'll, I'll pass this mic, but I love you and I hate you because this is turning into the Heat Check Suns podcast. Uh, but there's so much to talk about because, like, you're right. We could be stuck with Aiden, and I'm just wondering. I'm just sitting here wondering as you're talking. It's like. If we can't move him, how we know he's an emotional guy. How is he going to play? How is he going to feel knowing that his name? He, they were trying to do everything they could to get rid of him, and in all these trade rumors, and nobody fucking wanted him, and then he's just stuck here. Mike, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was no, gonna... just take your Chris Paul jersey. I have a Chris Paul jersey. <laughs> put actually, put some tape over the first three letters and put a B E A, and you'll be all right. Well. They were saying Beal should take number eight, so he's BB eight. Oh, he wears he wears three, Gosh. right? Yeah, yeah. He, I think he's so. gonna he's yeah. gonna take number three. <laughs> BB eight, yeah. Jesus Christ! But here, let's make a pact. How about we not talk about the future outlook with DeAndre Ayton on this Phoenix Suns team until about two weeks into free agency? Let's yeah, let's just wait. Fair. Let's just wait. I know Frank Vogel has said great things and how he wants to you know change DeAndre Ayton back to his form from his 2021 run and how he has a great track record with big men and all that kind of stuff. But Ooh, big men let's once again, we're going to add it. <laughs> we're going to add it to the Michael Benjamin. What is it? Phrases? The Mike, the Mike Benisms, the Mike Benisms. High, not too low. Let's just pump the brakes. Ooh, pump, Ooh, the, pump the brakes. I like Ooh, it. I like it a cushiony. lot. Pump them. And with that being said, Let's go ahead and get into talking about our next topic, which will be the Arizona Diamondbacks, the only Valley team that has an active season going on right now. Of course, it is the summer, so baseball is the only sport being played. And our Arizona Diamondbacks, for the time being, are still first place in the NL West. The Giants and Dodgers are making ground fast. As of the recording of this podcast, we started on Saturday. Now it's technically Sunday, just passing the midnight marker. We're burning the late night oil to get this out to you guys. But so far, the Diamondbacks have dropped two in the series to the Giants, and the outlook is bleak for us uh, in this one. And maybe going forward, I, I want to start off with that. Uh, of course, we are first place in the NL West right now, but we have a real tough schedule coming up, guys. Our next opponents in order are... The Tampa Bay Rays, the Los Angeles Angels, <clears throat> excuse me, Los Angeles Angels, the New York Mets, the San Diego Padres, the Toronto Blue Jays, and the Atlanta Braves. My goodness, uh, how do you guys feel we're gonna come out on the other end of that? I mean, Talman, do you think we'll still be first in the NL West at the end of this uh, stretch, or I guess maybe at the end of July in this case? It's quite the stretch, man. Um, so. To answer your question real quick, do I think we're going to be in first? I think it's going to be close. Uh, we'd have to sit here and look at who the Dodgers are playing, who the Giants are playing, right? Look at the matchups. Um, but 
I I'm not scared of it. Okay, so because we sit here and all year it's like we we just okay one of the one of the Dimax gonna just totally when's the wheel gonna fall off right yeah when are we just gonna collapse and just crash and burn so this is actually great because we need this test right like we saw when we played the Braves uh, when we played a good team then when we played the Phillies recently when they were hot when they're red hot the Phillies beat us they. They won a. They took three out of the four game series, and the Braves kind of kicked their ass a little bit. Um, so we need this test, right? Because when we get to October, if we get there, we're gonna be playing the the best of the best. So I'm not afraid of this test. Like I, I'm kind of pissed that we don't play the Dodgers until like September or something, because we had to play them fucking twenty times to start the season, right? So it's I'm I'm all for it because this this team needs some stress tests, right? Like we need to figure out we need to collect that data and see how this team reacts to playing good baseball teams because we know what they do against bad teams. So I've said this in one of our recaps: good baseball teams beat bad teams, but good baseball teams lose to great baseball teams. So are we a great baseball team or are we just a good baseball team? Right? I know that's so fucking cliche or so average whatever but we need to figure out are we over that hump are we uh, are we the next step up like to be in a great baseball team can we beat some of these guys i think we can because we've hung in with them when we played the braves i mean i thought we shit we played the i think we played the phillies earlier in the season um and they're not i mean look at their record they're not anything to fucking write home about but we're, we're talking about a team that just came out of the world series last year but when we played the Braves, like we hung in there, like we can we can hang in with the best of the best. Like the the Rays are coming up. I'm really curious how that's going to go. Um, this Giants series is not going up, but I think really with the Giants series, uh, we kind of had a piss poor uh, starting pitching lineup for it. I mean, when you start off your first game against the Giants, you have Zach Davies going up, and he's going to give up six earned runs. I mean, come on. Uh, Merrill Kelly getting shelled today was a little surprise for all of us, right? Uh, we didn't see that coming. And then obviously tomorrow when we have to rely on Ryan Nelson against the Giants, it's probably not going to go good. Um, and then I'm sure we're going to talk about how we're going to improve our pitching staff at the trade deadline. I'm sure that's what we're going to talk about in a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. But no, I, I think this is great. This, this team needs that because right now we're playing with the utmost confidence and we need to play those good those good and great teams to figure out where we sit in that right now cuz right now i think we are a great team right but then you're going to argue you're going to throw out that argument okay are we are we one year too soon maybe this year is kind of our let's get it all together like we a bridge like year. yeah we know we're good like we know we got the pieces but maybe it's not our year this year maybe next year we can really grow into it we need to fucking figure out and dif- uh, differentiate between What's going to be, but I right now I think it's going to be, we are a great team right now. We have a great shot, and this team needs to go all in on this year right now. I I agree with everything you're saying there. We do need to go all in, and that starts with improving this pitching staff because we are a great team batting wise. But outside of our two pitchers, Gallen and Miro Kelly. Our rotation is kind of bum. The last three guys that fill out that spot, Davies, and we'll get more into that part of it and on our bullpen. But just talking more about staying focused on this upcoming schedule, and you're right, it, it does 
kind of ebb and flow throughout the season as these teams, there are a lot of good teams and there's a lot of, I'll just say that, no, there are a lot of good teams, but I don't know how many great teams there are in the league right now, which does kind of work to our benefit. There are impressive stats that we can throw out about this Diamondbacks team, the fact that they still have not been shut out. They're the only team in the league that has put up at least one run in every single one of their games this season and haven't been shut out. But you're absolutely right. I mean, the Rays right now, they ha- they have a 53-27 and 27 record. And they came out the gates hot. They had an incredible stretch. I think they went undefeated for like their first 13 or 15 games, something like yeah, it was, that. It was almost a record, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. But uh, we're starting to see them kind of falter a little bit. They've they've dropped three of their last five, including two losses to the Kansas City Royals, who are one of the worst teams in the league right now, to be honest. They dropped one against the Orioles in a two-game series. Don't even and, and uh, they lost They lost two out of three to the Padres, and they even lost two games to the Athletics in a four-game series. So it's not like the Tampa Bay Rays are world beaters by any means. Of course, the Braves are the best team in the NL, and when they came here to Chase Field, they did kind of beat us up a little bit. I think we only got one in that, in that four-game series, uh, which was kind of tough, but... Again, I mean, just looking again at this roster, the Padres aren't living up to their expectations. The Mets are kind of a middle-tier team. They're about right at about 500, but they got some bats. I mean, Pete Alonso is healthy again. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, that one is in New York, but I'm not 100% positive. Um, I don't have the schedule in front of me. But anyway, no, it's right. you're right. You're absolutely right, Tom. It is a good test for us, and we do need to beat those. Even if they're not great teams, we do need to beat the good teams and solidify ourselves as one of those great teams, especially if we have aspirations to make it to the postseason and even win games in the postseason. And I got to echo a lot of the same sentiments that you guys are saying right now because this is the test that this team needs and maybe this front office needs because to get through July coming up to the trade deadline around August 3rd, it's going to be a true testament to what needs to happen in regard to this pitching staff. And I mean, you can even see today, like Chris was saying, the bats aren't the problem. Yeah, Merrill Kelly struggled early, but we come out in the fifth and score four runs. Now the Giants come back and tie it right away, but it's just not the issue. It's what we're seeing with this pitching staff. I mean, we can look at Zach Davies. This year, he's 1-4 on the season, has a 7.82 ERA, and in the last two, he's given up 15 hits and 14 runs in just about seven innings. It's just not going to cut it. I mean, Tommy Henry has had a couple of better outings, Like we said, Ryan Nelson in his matchups is just not competing with the guys that he's going up against. In this bullpen, we're still searching for the help that we really need. I mean, we've got Joe Mantiply back, and like Chris was saying, once again, in his last seven, he's struggled mightily. 7.45 ERA, just in nine innings pitched, 12 hits and eight runs. I mean... These are glaring weaknesses for this team right now. So if they can hold fast and hold steady throughout these really high-profile matchups within the MLB right now, hopefully that will put the the you know binoculars on what we're searching for, which is another starting pitcher and a couple more arms to come out of this bullpen because you got to strike while the iron's hot. I mean, guys, we just had two guys go on to ESPN with Corbin Carroll and Zach Gallen with a full seven-minute sit-down yeah. with Scott Van Pelt. I mean, how often do we get to see that 
for one of your favorite teams to have your guys who are in, you know, award was, category really chases cool. yeah. go onto sets and talk about the success that a team has been having right now. So hopefully it's not just early start and we continue to keep the, you know, wind behind our sails and keep pushing forward because like you guys said, man, these are going to be some nice matchups to to take a hold and and hopefully continue the momentum that we've been seeing in the NL West. Yeah, Mike, man. I mean, it's uh, dude, <laughs> pitching, 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 pit, fucking it's huge. pitching. It's huge. It's it's what it is. It comes. I mean, dude, there's a reason why our nickname is the answer backs, and like we've said it before, like we could sit there, we could be down four five runs and I still don't feel like we're ever out of that game because we're just so hot right now on offense and it doesn't matter who who they bring up man like look at Emmanuel Rivera man that guy just came out of nowhere and he's over here fucking hitting cleanup or hitting fifth and he's he's getting racking up the RBIs right so it's but it's it's all about the pitching and and I'm gonna sit here and I'm not dying on the hill where I, I remember we came back and um, I said, we need Zach Davies back. Cause remember he was injured and I was like, we need him to come back and, you know, fill that uh, spot on the rotation. Zach Davies needs to go. Okay. We can't, yeah. we can't afford. So we already went through, we already went through the Madison Bumgarner experience. So we have that veteran and if he doesn't give you quality starts, if he doesn't give you a good chance to win baseball games, at this point of the season, this team cannot afford that. So we can't sit here, even though he's a veteran, he's not one of those young guys that you can just go, hey, we're going to kick you down to fucking triple A, go to go to Reno, have some fun, figure it out, and come on back later. You know, it's it, we, we can't afford that. Like, we need that short leash with everybody. We need production. We need you know, quality starts out of this pitching rotation. Cause even though Kelly had a rough start, but, but he's still, he's still a top 10, top 15 pitcher. And you could say, you could argue that we have a top five, one, two punch in the MLB with, uh, with gallon and Kelly right now. So one, two was good. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to sit here and I, I, I was very critical about Tommy Henry. He is actually, He's going to figure it out. I think he's a great quality starter. I think he's going to be part of this team going into September and October. So he's he's in the rotation. So Davies needs to go. Who can we add to be that number third starter? That's going to be crucial. Who can we trade for? We need to add somebody that is, who knows, somebody that's established, somebody that's consistent that we can add to that starting rotation to be number three. And my... Okay, my guess right now is uh, Ryan Nelson goes down, Brandon Fott comes in. So I bet you right now, so we're going to the playoffs, Fott okay? didn't even do so hot I, when no, he came no, up the first hey, time. Hey, well, yes, but he went down to uh, Reno, and uh, he's put together a couple good starts, and he went through uh, a couple mechanical changes, whatever. He's, he's good. Uh, so... What I'm gonna tell you right now is, I'm guess this is gonna be my prediction. We're gonna be going into the playoff series, and it's gonna be it's gonna be Gallon Kelly guy that we add at the trade deadline. 
You know, to, to we, be, we know we're going to It's going to happen. We have to, dude. This front office has to do it. They owe everybody that. They owe the fans that. They owe the players that. The way that, uh, the way that they've been so aggressive with throwing people down when they're not producing. Look at Alec Thomas. Look at Jake McCarthy. Look at Josh Rojas. Look how aggressive they've been with some of their key players. Like, obviously, they are in it to motherfucking win it. So that's why I'm jumping on that third that third starter is to be determined somebody we add at the deadline fourth is going to be Tommy Henry cuz man he had a great outing last he, he's time he's doing good he he's can throw good. the ball man he he's got potential he's got potential and number 5 number 5 is going to be fought Brandon fought i'm telling you right now that's my prediction going into that going into september into october it's going to be fought number 5 and what's great about it is that's Probably best case scenario for us, because that yeah. kid can he can dish it, man. He can dish it. Well, he's figuring it out in the minors in Reno, and he we need him to be so good. We do so fucking bad. You're right. right now. You're right. And I, I want to break that down because you you said a lot there, and it's really you really made a lot of great points. Like fought was a top 100 prospect and a guy that we do expect to be a big part of this team should he live up to the expectations that are set for him. He is still a young guy, so I do want to have faith in him. I think we might have brought him up a little too early. He was a little he was even a little shaky in AAA before we brought him up and I think they wanted to try him out out just out of necessity cuz these other guys just weren't getting it done. But you're right. The fact that we're bringing guys up, sending them down, kind of shuffling the rotation. I hope Josh Rojas figures it out cuz I do like him and I think he could be a part of this team in a playoff run. Um but you mentioned Alec Thomas there briefly and I will. I want to touch on Alec Thomas, but like you said, sending Fott down and bringing him back up to get right, that might work because they did that with Alec Thomas. And in his first pitch, in his first at-bat after being brought back up, he hit a two-run home run, an absolute blast. And that's just fucking awesome. And, and that's the type of shit we need is we need guys to... They, they yeah. did that with McCarthy too. Remember yeah, McCarthy. I took him on the recap? Dude, since he's been back from getting sent down... He's a stud, dude. He's leading. He's le- he's second on the team in stolen bases. The guy is a fucking monster. But you know what the tough thing is, though, is that we we keep talking about how we're gonna have to make a move to bolster this starting rotation or bolster our bullpen. We're gonna have to give up one of those guys. It could be McCarthy going. It could be Fott going. We don't know. It could even be Alec Thomas going. One of these guys. One of these young guys that we have in our system is gonna have to get. be involved in one of these packages we can't give up nothing and expect to get something back in return right but you also have to remember what's waiting in the wings if you do give up one of those young outfield guys right it's drew jones drew Drew jones do you give up drew jones absolutely not really honestly i look look at the core right now dude yes well then you also have jordan lawler and then you have another guy that's really high ranked. I can't remember his name. Like you have people that are not within your reach, within your. They're not in the. They're not on the dish right now. You're not eating them right now. They're not the main course. Okay, and okay, so I don't think we could offload him, but I mean, Nick Ahmed's days are numbered with this organization. Yeah, and Lawler's going to take his spot. So you don't give up Lawler. Well, Perdomo plays short. There you go. Exactly. Nick Ahmed's already been starting to be phased out, yeah. but he's still on the 40-man. Um, but, Mike, I think you absolutely, if the deal is juicy enough, you might give up a Drew Jones. Because although he is a very hot prospect, 
he plays in the outfield, and we already have plenty of guys in the outfield that can produce. Corbin Carroll, Alec Thomas, Jake McCarthy. So it's like we kind of have a stacked outfield. And so I think they might just have to weigh that that risk-reward option of do we do we bring in a pitcher that not will only not will will not only help us this season, but maybe for two, three seasons to come down the road. I, I think that would be a tough decision to make, but I think it's a necessary one. And I think that comes with if you're looking at adding somebody who might be a solidified one or two, not somebody who just might be a third or fourth guy within the rotation. You have to get the right contributions backed in order to take you to a real deep playoff run. I mean, because at the same time, like you guys are saying, is this the year that the Diamondbacks are truly trying to make a push to be contenders and win a World Series? Is that truly what are in the stars for the Diamondbacks right now? We have to think about what's happened with this franchise over the past decade. We've been bottom feeders. We've been struggling. And yeah. we finally see some kind of you know, light at the end of the tunnel, adding it to the Mike Ben-isms. Light at the end, <laughs> light of, the at the end of the tunnel. I like it. But, light you know, I, I get shades of, if you're going to make a move with Drew Jones, I get shades of... Dansby Swanson, once again, you know, a high profile guy. Oh, come on. Uh, what are Max you talking Scherzer. about? A guy who contributed to come a World on. Series win for the Atlanta he Braves. He gets hurt in batting practice, dude. Are you serious? But you can't say that he wasn't a contributor. No, you're, and it, oh, no, how I'm fast about do you Drew think Jones. that? I'm sorry. I'm talking about Drew Jones. Well, sorry. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you're thinking that maybe yeah, but he's next like year 19, is the year he's or the young. year after, I mean, I think Drew Jones is going to be ready by that time. And do you really think that? <laughs> okay. I, I, okay, I'll go back to the outfield. I, I, I probably for you when you're done. I probably would be ready to move more off of Alec Thomas than I would be uh, off of Jake McCarthy because we know what he can do in the outfield on the base pass, and his his bunts, dude, are just something else. Like he, it, <laughs> I feel like every other day he's just going for a, a bunt single and really getting a rally started and and. I don't know. Is Ale- is Drew Jones a generational talent? I mean, only time will tell, but I-, I don't know if I'd be willing to give up on that asset right now unless it's a guy who would be an opening day starter for another team to add in at the third spot because then you're really just going top-heavy with your starting pitching. And if you can get guys who can go six to seven innings consistently – then you don't have to worry as much with your bullpen. You still have to bolster it up. But at the same time, I don't know if I'm willing to give up on that asset that early. No, and that's fair. I just go back to having us having a good amount of outfielders. I mean, we did just get Lourdes Goriel Jr., who has been a stud for us. I don't know. I couldn't I didn't find it to when I started making my point, but I think we still got him under contract for a little bit. He's only twenty nine, he's gonna turn thirty this year, and uh, he's two days older than Cattell Marte. I just learned that. Um, it's two days older than you. And two days older than me. There you <laughs> go. I think Cattell was, was probably a couple hours older than me, but that's besides the fact. I just think that, again, you have to make that risk-reward calculation, especially if the deal is right and the time is right. Because, Mike, I honestly do think that with the way the league is right now, it, this season is kind of wide open. We could totally be World Series contenders. Right now in the overall rankings for all MLB teams, we are fifth in the MLB. 
fifth out of what 32 teams tallman 30 30 teams yeah man uh that's not too shabby for my money and i like i said the tampa bay rays have been faltering the texas rangers have been faltering a little bit somehow the baltimore orioles are still right in there i think they have Oh, they're a good Just team. A slightly better record yeah, than us. They're but a good team. Now, and then it's crazy because six and seven in overall rankings for the entire MLB are guess who? The San Francisco Giants and, and the, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah. Yep, yep. So we're in a really tough division, man. And that is that is true. I mean, the Padres, again, they, they have a lot of stars on their team, but they're not living up to their expectations because they're dealing with a similar issue as us right now is their pitching staff is not very good. So if we can look at one of these bottom feeder teams and I haven't really and that's what kind of makes me a little nervous I mean maybe to put some credence to your argument Mike is I don't know what is out there for us to go and get right now and who is going to be available I know I was listening to Arizona Sports 98.7 this week and I think it was uh, Vince Murata suggested that maybe Corbin Burns is a guy that we could be going after uh, from the Milwaukee Brewers but we lit him up the Diamondbacks lit him up and another guy that they were talking about was Shane Bieber from the Cleveland uh, Guardians. And what happened? We lit him up. He literally came here and he got torched, man. Yeah, but, dude, every every pitcher has their day. I mean, look at Kelly. Kelly got lit up today. Yeah. Um, uh, Gallon got lit up a couple starts ago. You know, that's, that's part of the game, dude. Well, you're, you're playing professionally against professional baseball players man but that's that's a perfect thing though like look that gallon when we traded jazz chisholm for him is a guy that the marlins kind of just gave up on and now he's our ace but then you're talking about so different age, different age because i think bieber and burns are a little bit older yeah gallon's only 27 those guys are in their 30s yeah but then you talk about burns though burns is on the the brewers they're still in the race man i don't know where the guardians are and they kind of are guardians are too great i think they're still in it as well I was just I again I haven't heard. Yeah, there's they'll still do they. Well, no, they're two games below 500. Yeah. Um, but going back to it, so the whole the the whole overall question is how do you improve without selling the farm, without throwing the kitchen sink at it, right? So you can't give up all these pieces that you've worked so hard to create and build up. Obviously, like the the Carol the mccarthy the thomas the, the the everything like these all these pieces the the fought i mean it's how do you improve this team at the deadline without selling off your your system and honestly it's <laughs> you probably don't have a choice so we're gonna have to get rid of some of these guys and and i when you said drew jones i said yes if we can get a quality starter for this rotation, somebody that we might have not just this year. It's not a rental player. If we can get something that we have him for one, two, three years, get yeah. rid of him. Yeah. There has to be caveats that go yeah, along exactly. with it if you're going to give up that kind of an asset. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm looking at our outfield right now, and if I have somebody that can play center field, I don't have to put Corbin Carroll in center field. So I got Carroll in left, I got Thomas in center, and I got McCarthy in right. Like, like Thomas is playing center because he's quick. And like we have probably the fastest outfield in the entire major leagues. Like you're talking about guys that are faster than fast. McCarthy's fast. We know how fast Corbin is. The guy is lights out 
he could score from fucking first on a fucking single. It's incredible. So then, then you sit there, if you're a pitcher and you have that type of outfield behind you, you're sitting there, if you're the pitcher, you go, yeah, hit it to the outfield. You can't gap us at all. Yeah, try to hit it to right center. Try to hit it to left center. These guys cover so much ground, it's unbelievable. Like, So I'm yeah, so comfortable serious. with this outfield that Drew Jones, Schmoo Jones, whatever. If I can get a quality starter out of Drew Jones, somebody they got, he's 19 years old, he's not proven. You're talking about Alec Thomas, somebody that... Like Chris said, he first time he got sent down, right? He got his little slap on the wrist. Get better. <laughs> get better. Get better, Alec. I keep calling him Alex. His name's actually Alec. 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 Do better. Uh, do better. And he came back and he he's he's done better. Same with with McCarthy. He got sent down. He came back. The guy's stolen twelve bases since he's been back. And then he got Corbin Carroll, where I'm surprised that the D-backs could even draft him at the, like the 13th or 14th pick. I don't know why so many teams passed on him, but that outfield is incredible. I mean, it's it's it, it so is. fast. Like that's what you want. The defensively, this team is lights out. So okay, great. No, you're absolutely right, Tom, and I agree with everything you're saying there. But again, I haven't heard very many names floated out for potential when we're just talking about starting pitchers that we could get. And I want to know if you have any names in mind, but just in my light research here, I was kind of perusing some pitchers on the teams that are a little bit lower on the rung record-wise. And we mentioned the name of Corbin Burns was floated out. This season, he has a 3.96 ERA, which is not bad, but it's not great. Um, but some other guys that I know, and just in my limited baseball experience um, that I might like, are from the White Sox. There are two pitchers in, in particular, Lucas Giolito, he has a 3.48 ERA this season. Uh, he's a guy that's under 30. And then another guy on their roster who's a young, up-and-coming prospect, Michael Kopech. I don't know if you've seen this guy. He can throw a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. He has a pretty decent slider. Right now, he has a 4.06 ERA. But if we can grow a guy like that and bring him in, again, we do need a guy that kind of is ready to go now, which is why I might even – I was looking at the Mariners. They're about a 500 team just below – um, a guy like, um, oh, fuck, I forget his first name, but Castillo. Um, Talman, do you, do you remember his first name? Uh, Luis. Luis. No, yeah, Luis. Lu- Luis Castillo. Castillo yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a, he has a two, two, eight, nine ERA. So if we could bring in Castillo or Giolito and have him be, we don't, again, we, we, we would like to have another, a number two guy, maybe bump Kelly down to the third spot. Because I do like what Kelly's doing, but I don't know if it's sustainable. He, his last couple starts have been a little bit rocky, um, especially his one yesterday, um, which would have been at the time of this recording Friday, which I guess technically isn't yesterday because now we're doing this late night recording and it's Sunday. But that's getting off the fact. Um, all, all this to say, Tallman, do any of those names I just mentioned in Giolito, Kopech, Burns even, or Castillo, do those guys pique your interest, or do you have someone else in mind? No, I, I like Burns. I like Castillo as well. Um, I mean, I mean, at this point, like beggars can't be choosers with uh, <laughs> what we're dealing with right now. Um, but we have to be. Cho- one, I think we have to be choosers. We're yeah, not yeah. necessarily beggars because we're the top, we're the fifth team in the league, number one in the NL West. We just need some help. No, I got you. The one that really got me was. Um, and this is probably just a total pipe dream. Uh, 
Could the Diamondbacks get Justin Steele from the Cubs? I like Justin Steele a lot. So we're talking. So the Cubs are. That's a great. They're great they're twelve point. games out of a wild card uh, spot if the league if the season ended today, they're twelve games out. So could you finesse that? I mean, who knows what their what their situation is looking like uh, in a couple of weeks when the you know the trade deadline comes up? That's the one that. Oh, man, that would be just a, a no no miss, absolute fucking dart. That'd be incredible if they could do something like that. But again, that's me over here smoking whatever is in my pipe, having fun with it. Um, it's probably never gonna happen. The Cubs are gonna think they're in it. So I think it it, it would be it might cost way too much. I but. think to get Justin Steele, it would cost Drew Jones. And and Mike, I'll toss this over to you. Justin Steele is a lefty that has a mean slider. He's 27 years old and playing for a mediocre Cubs team this season has a 2.62 ERA. So this is a guy who could be ready to go and have an impact right away. So Tom, I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah. I do like Justin Steele a lot. Would a guy like that be worth it for you to pull the trigger and trade a Drew, Drew Jones? I'm in the camp where I'm only trading Drew Jones if it's a guy, especially if we're looking for packages for starting pitchers. If two or three years down the road where something happens to Zach Gallen or we find Merrill Kelly sliding back like we possibly could think he is, he could be an opening day starter in the future. It's not just right now a guy who could step in and possibly help and wouldn't be able to solidify himself moving forward within the rotation like it's I'm still at the fact of there's a lot of unknown with Drew Jones and our outfield positions yes we have a lot of great young talent and we're in such a good position to you get rich uh, the rich get richer which is a great quote when you add in a Drew Jones if you bring in a Justin Steele I mean I'm hoping that he would be a guy who could push you through the playoffs and down the road is still a solidified guy within this starting lineup i mean like you said chris 2.62 era love it eight wins two losses on the year 70 k's with a whip of 1.06 i mean i don't hate it unfortunately four of his last five outings have been losses for the cubs they did win this past uh this past saturday against the baltimore orioles he pitched five innings, only gave up five hits and two earned runs. But yeah, like you guys said, uh, at this point, we're just looking for some help because we know what we know with some of these guys like Zach Davies. Yeah, to, to start the year, dude, Justin Steele was their fifth pitcher on the rotation. He's young. I mean, that's crazy to say 27, yeah. but that is pretty young. I mean, come on. Um, Behind uh, yeah, Hendrick, Stroman, Talion. Smiley. I like Jameson Steel. Tyon. He he was he went from the Pirates to the Yankees and now he's on the Cubs. Um not necessarily a guy I'm saying we should go out and get, but I don't hate Tyon. Um I don't know. And that but that all this is ignoring the fact that we in, in same in Justin Steele's situation, he's the the he's in his last four starts, what you said four losses for the Cubs or 
He didn't get the losses, exactly. but the Cubs well, lost. Yeah. And, and that's my point. He didn't get the loss because it's the bullpen. And the D-backs need bullpen help as well. So we can talk all day and night about the starting rotation. But if, if that guy goes out and whoever it is pitches six or seven solid innings, and then we have Joe Mantiply come in and give up six runs, we're fucked anyway. And it just won't matter. So... Again, I don't have too many names in front of me for potential relievers even. I think Araldis Chapman, as old as he is, is is still technically, I think he was released or uh, what's the technical term for baseball designated for assignment, um, which is a weird term in my opinion. But regardless, I don't necessarily know if he's the answer. Um, the only name I had written down that I have my eye on because I really don't know too much about the relief pitcher market or available relief pitchers is Scott Barlow from the Kansas City Royals. Uh, really only saying that because I have him on my fantasy team and I know he has the potential to get <laughs> saves and he has given up some duds. He has blown a few saves, but he's on a bad he's on a bad Royals team right now. All being said, and I, I don't want to go too much into the relief pitcher conversation because the bottom line is we need help on both fronts, starting pitchers and in the bullpen. And regardless of how good our bats are, they've shown the ability to get four, five, six runs every game. But if the if they're giving up, if the pitching staff is giving up seven, eight, nine runs, we're going to lose. And we just got to do something at this trade deadline, man. Yeah, I want to correct myself. Uh the Cubs are only six games out of a wild card spot. That's I, uh, 100% off from I, what you said initially. I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I misspoke about that. Um, so at this point, if we really want to talk that shit into fruition, uh, we need the Brewers to do really good. So it's root for the Brewers, right? Um, I guess so. So yeah, I just want to correct myself on that. I apologize. It's all good, man. It's all good. But we're going to keep we're going to keep covering the D-backs. Of course, they are the only team in season right now. We have Diamondbacks recaps up on our YouTube page every 2 weeks so you can keep up to date with everything that's going on with the Diamondbacks. The All-Star game is going to be July 11th in Seattle, I believe it is, and we have a couple guys that are probably very likely to make the roster in Corbin Carroll and Lourdes Goriel Jr. So make sure you guys are going and voting for them. Zach Gallon as well. That makes sense. Uh, Zach Gallon is pushing for a Cy Young. Corbin Carroll is the front runner, clear cut choice for rookie of the year. So, man, there's a lot to be excited about, and we are going to keep following it. But make sure, to my point, that you go out and vote while you still can for the All Stars. I think there's only a couple days left. Hopefully, there's still days left by the time we get this out. Should be on uh, Monday the 26th or Tuesday the 27th at the latest. And whenever you're listening to this, regardless, make sure you support your Diamondbacks either in person, on TV, on Twitter, wherever you can, because this team is going places, and I am very excited personally. But, guys, it is almost 1 a.m. as we're recording this, but we do have one more topic we need to discuss before we get out of here, and that is the Arizona Cardinals. Not a whole lot to report. They did just have their voluntary OTAs and the mandatory minicamp, which Buda Baker was in attendance for the mandatory portion, right? Yes, which is good. We like Buddha. We think he's going to be the anchor for our defense and not high expectations. So I don't want to get into that too much and rehash all these conversations we've had bashing the offseason so far. But there are a few interesting topics I want to discuss. And one of them was, I, I forget what the outlet was, but they reported or posted that their top 75 fantasy players for the upcoming season. And there were no Cardinals players on that list at all. No Hollywood Brown 
no James Conner, and no Kyler Murray. Of course, Kyler Murray's slated to miss the majority of the season, or at least half of it. Um, but guys, do you take that as disrespect, or is that fair that there's no players in that ranking in the top 75? Yeah, let's let's get it right, though. There was, um, there was a handful of lists that did us dirty like that. There's some that come out and put James Conner at, like, 55, Hollywood at, like, 65, but... Yeah. Uh, there's a couple that came out, and yeah, there's there's nobody in the top seventy. Um, I I don't blame them, man. I really don't, because to start the season, I mean, we're sitting here. Who's going to be our quarterback? Colt. No, I want it to be Clayton Toon. Back. I kind of do want it. To so, be yeah. yeah. All right. Clayton so I know I was like so. I was so critical I on mean, him. If you're going to lose games, you him. might as well just yeah. give Toon some opportunity. I, I, Why I, not? Right? I wanted them to take that Thompson kid out of US, uh, UCLA. The third Thompson twin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, no. Not really. I'm sorry. Like Dorian Thompson or something. I, I can't remember his name. Um, the only reason I wanted them to take him is because he had a similar style to Kyler. Clayton Toon was a little bigger. He's more of. But the, Clayton Toon can fucking run. He's he's mobile. He's a playmaker. So I think it's my my tune is changing on tune, right? Love it. Um, That's great. I'm starting to warm up to the kid. I I think he I think he should, he should start week one. Honestly, I I think they should give him a chance. But then there's reports coming out that Kyler is going to be back. He's only going to miss five or six weeks. Reports. Who knows? We have no idea. I mean, if I'm Kyler right now, I mean, do you want to come back to this <laughs> to this whole? absolute just shit show of a franchise of a team of what's going on right now with this roster. I don't care what he wants. I, <laughs> it's what he should do. I mean, the I guy would, already got yeah, paid. If, if right? you're, if you're the play. leader of the team, you should be chomping at the bits. That's another one. Yeah, that's another Mikeism. And Kyler is yeah. a spring chicken. Yeah, there you go. Oh. Adding them all back to the Kill it, kill it. Yeah, he should, he should be like just itching, man. Itching, right? Um, I don't think I answered your question. Chomping. What was your question, though? I don't think I answered it. Uh, it was about just uh, because you, you, you kind of correct oh, me. You there, there are. You there, think you're dis- Is it disrespectful? Yeah. Because you're right. There are some. There, I said. I said no. Of course, there are a ton of rankings and fantasy outlets and different websites and places that do fantasy sports so they all have different rankings but there are some that don't have any cardinals in their top 75 or top 100 so like mike I'll, i guess i'll ask you the question since talman didn't want to answer it is i said it- no <laughs> god damn it he did finally answer it so we'll he, did, he did yeah, right, i, I, did. Sorry, I, I tried my hardest i was taking a hit so for my answer you just got to look at everything that's been happening with this team right i can't believe we're at this point we're in October of 2021. This team was seven and zero, and oh, yeah, now we're yeah. already back in a rebuild, building AJ for Green, the draft in 2024. I mean, what our biggest offseason at uh, our biggest offseason addition was off-ball linebacker Kazir White, Jonathan Gannon's buddy. Yeah, I mean, he's a good player though. But he wrong. is. Yeah, you know, I do like the draft pick of Paris Johnson Jr. But he's not even going to be protecting Kyler Murray to start the season. I mean, guys, Bet MGM is putting us at 4.5 total wins, and it oh, has to under. come for a reason. <laughs> bet it under. has to That's come generous. for a reason. Yeah, bet under for sure. You look at us last year, we were dead last in yards per pass. I mean, Murray's net 
yard per pass attempt was 32 out of 33 in the NFL last year. And here's the cherry on top. The Cardinals haven't won a championship since 1947, the longest title drought in major North American pro sports. So we just have a stigma that comes with us. When you don't win for so long, I know we haven't been in Arizona for uh, since 1947, but when you stink, it yeah. finds a way to really go deep-rooted and, and just yeah. come through the soil and is it, just really, really st- – Oh, man, I gotta waft it away. Yeah, we're was, tanking this year, guys. We're we tanking. Yeah, it's who, a tank year. Who was the longest before us? Oh, I think it was the Cubs, right? The longest drought. It had to be. Yeah, the it Cubs. was the Cubs. Yeah. And then when the Cubs won the World Series a couple of years ago, it was like, oh, now it's the Cardinals. Now it's the Cardinals. Yep. Yep. I think I think it was the Cubs, if I remember right. Because I mean, the Cardinals do have a championship. It's just not a Super Bowl win, right? I believe. That's irrelevant. Well, back in 47? Something like that. Yeah, that was before it was even... When they were still in St. Louis or Chicago or whatever. So to go back... It wasn't modern era. Irrelevant. No, exactly. But we're talking about modern era. Irrelevant. It wasn't even called called the Super Bowl until they merged with the the AFL. AFL. Yeah. Uh, So to go back to answer your question, no, not surprised. I mean, all the the off-season... Uh, additions and subtractions and everything that's been going on. Our main high-profile guy in Buda Baker basically not wanting to be here anymore. All of the things that have been going on within the facilities and everything with Michael Bidwell, us losing draft picks with Jonathan Gannon. I mean, we're still within the middle of the shit show, guys. Like To expect a core and a franchise to translate all of this nonsensical shit onto the field is just it's just not there and it, you're starting to see it early within these predictions for fantasy players and i i could see james connor being a guy who just gets a lot of touches because they're going to try and milk him for all he's worth but i mean who's going to throw the ball to hollywood brown who of these rookies who's Two. really going to get opportunities to really produce i mean i hope this team scores 17 points a game but like that's going to be a, a a high ask from what's going to start for this season. So yeah, no, the optimism is, is I'm struggling to find it at this point. You're right. No, and nail on the head there. I mean, you're right. Cause what quarterback is going to throw to Hollywood Brown is the biggest question. How many yards, catches, touchdowns, whatever is he going to get? So I understand why he might not be ranked as high. And on initially, your first thought, especially as a Cardinals fan, is, well, of course, if the quarterback isn't great, they're going to pound it with James Conner. But I can see, again, from a national perspective, and these guys building this list is he's shown that he, I don't want to say fragile, but he's potential to get injured, especially if he has a high workload. So you could draft him and he could have four or five good games, but then is he going to miss four or five, six games with an ankle or a knee or some type of contusion? I mean, that's just the nature of sports and football in general is that guys are going to get injured. Guys are going to get banged up. But when you're putting such a high workload on a guy that's already has an injury history in James Conner, then I think that's where the skepticism comes in. And that's why maybe he wouldn't be ranked as high. So I, I totally get it. Do you guys want to do uh, 2023 predictions? Do it live? Not right now. No, it's way we'll too do, early. We'll do, we'll do that down the line. You don't, you don't do like 
Come on, we we know go what, through the schedule. We know who they're the playing. No, I don't want to do it yet. No, you we got. Sure? We gotta Not wait. Ready. It's June, Cody. It's June. I mean, Tallman. It's I June. gotta have a. Sol- I gotta <laughs> yeah, have a yeah, solidified starting quarterback stated from the team. Dude, it doesn't matter. We and really then we can start. To all right, yeah, so just correct. just assume that Kyler Murray is gonna play every game. He's not. No, but he's not. No, no, he's no. Not. Even if what you if went through and if you assumed that he was going to play I'm every game. I'm not assuming. But, Tallman, what no, if... No, no. We're, we're, we're going like 3-13, and 13, man. What if Clayton Toon starts the season? Does he add two or three wins to, <laughs> to your tour? Yeah, watch this go four and out. Good. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Well, just, what, we're going to beat the Commanders, Giants, Cowboys, and 49ers. We're going to go four and out. Maybe. Tallman, I'm with you. I, I mean, I hear you. I want to go through this list. I want to do our predictions, but we've... We've suggested this before, and I think it's best we wait. We wait until July or August, and then we do it at that Are you time. guys scared? We can, we, we, can also, re, we can revisit them. I'm we not can, scared. I just want the full picture. Write them down. We can do it. We also need to pump the brakes, Tom. Oh, we need no. to pump the brakes, Tom. Oh, we are 90, 95, 96 minutes into this podcast recording. We're creeping up on 1 a.m. as we're recording this. And uh, I do want to wrap this up probably here pretty soon and if anyone is still listening this late in the podcast thank you so much i'm sure you're already subscribed to our podcast and following all our social medias we got at az underscore vsp on twitter tiktok and instagram and then valley sports plug on youtube and facebook make sure you're following us so you can stay up to date with all the latest valley sports action and what we cover and talk about with that and also you know leave a comment let us know what you think let us know what your opinion is and we might shout you out on the podcast or live stream uh but we're talking about the arizona cardinals as we're winding down this 18th episode of the heat check podcast and i can't believe we're about a year and a half into this endeavor of relaunching valley sports plug i am just so ecstatic that we've been able to keep this momentum alive we've added so much and we continue to expand and evolve as we move through this and it wouldn't be without your guys support and feedback out there and i i hope you're a part of this ride and you enjoy it I want to talk, though, a bit about Kyler Murray specifically because he did get injured in a game in the middle of December. I think it was against the Lions. The Patriots. The Patriots, excuse me. And the norm. I was hearing and reading an article today that the normal rehab time for his type of ACL injury is somewhere between 9 and 12 months. So that would put him coming back either in August or September at the beginning of the season or December, which would be when he originally got injured. So... We have heard these reports of him rehabbing well. He's looking really good. He is at these mini camps and OTAs. And in that same article, I was reading Jonathan Gannon singing his praises, saying that he's the first guy in the facility and he's the last guy to leave, which is really what you want to see in your leader. So we're hearing these reports of him walking the walk and talking the talk. Um, but I think I maybe walking the walk is a bit much because that comes to him actually being on the field and performing and producing. But I just wonder, I'm just curious, you, you guys have kind of mentioned, I think, that the fact that does he want to come back to a team that's destined to tank and lose a lot of games? And do that, that fine line of do you rush him back versus I think Gannon and this whole staff wanting to see if he's really the guy they want to move forward with into the future or if they want to maybe try and trade him or move him elsewhere. I, I guess my question would be is, do you bring him back as soon as he's ready, potentially in September or October, if he's really ready to go and chomping at the bit? Or do you kind of pump the brakes and pump the brakes <laughs> and say, hey, hey, man, I know you could probably play now, but with the roster we have built, we're going to really slow roll you and not bring you back until and maybe have you play six, seven, eight games. 
You hit him with two of them there, Chris. Yeah, look at that. Chomping at the bit and <laughs> pumping good, up brakes. Good job. On. You're rubbing off it. on me, Michael Benjamin. Yeah. What can I say? Are you going? Am I? I'll do it. I'm kind of torn because within this season, right, we're still trying to figure out what our total game plan is. But if you look at the trades that were made through the 2023 NFL draft, we're building this capital for next year. So it seems like we're going to try and put our eggs in our basket for next year. So if that's your plan, I don't think you rush back Kyler Murray because maybe he comes back, is in great form, gets this team to a couple more wins than you think you would honestly get. And then you have a lower draft pick than you possibly could get because there's a lot of people saying that the Cardinals have the opportunity to have the first two draft picks in 2024. Crazy. Which is honestly crazy to think. But also there's the side of me that says you invested a lot of capital in this guy. I want to see him play. I want to see him perform. And I want to see if he's truly the guy of the future for this team. And the earlier you can see that, the better. Because if you are a team that stinks and you can get Kyler Murray in in week four or five and stink throughout the entire season and know that he's not really a part of this future for Monty Osenfort and Jonathan Gannon, yep. then you can move forward with the possible transition and making a high-profile pick like Caleb Williams from USC. But I'm torn, man. I don't know which way to go because... I'm still in the camp that I think Kyler Murray has serviceable things to provide for any NFL team with his ability to run and his ability to throw the football. I mean, like, let's not lie about this, guys. Like, the guy can sling it. He is limited. We know that. But if he can put it all together within the right system, I want that to be the guy. And I know we've had all the off-field nonsensical stuff and i know chris you hate it but that's where i become torn from that i, I just have to chime in mike because i i don't disagree with what you're saying because kyler murray he is a former heisman winner he is that dude when it comes down to it but my biggest concern is coming off an acl injury like this what is the one thing that separated kyler from the pack it's not his height it's his ability to run and coming off of this injury, is he still going to have that same explosiveness? Is he going to have the confidence to do that and have that be a part of his game? He's not ever going to be a pocket passer. Right. And with that being said, I think that's where you lean towards letting him sit a little bit longer. Even if he's ready to go by week four or five. I know Tallman was talking about some reports where guys are saying he might be ready to go earlier than we honestly thought. But if he doesn't have his legs under him to contribute in that fashion, you're not going to get the best out of Kyler Murray. And I want the best from Kyler Murray. I, I disagree with you. Um, he needs to come back as soon as he's ready. So, we're, I mean, dude, come on. We're not talking about somebody that you pay like Jimmy Garoppolo. You don't pay him like Derek Carr. You don't pay him like... Fuck. I mean, who knows? Like, he's not a subpar quarterback. You don't pay him like that. You paid him like a Josh Allen. You paid him like a Patrick Mahomes. You paid him like a Lamar Jackson. This is a guy that needs to come back and he needs to play as soon as he's ready to go. And if I'm Kyler Murray right now and I'm ready to go, I'm healthy, and I'm sitting there week four, watch my team go 0 3, 0 4, 
I'm going to be like, dude, I want to get in there right now. Because honestly, I think he's playing for his job right now. It's crazy to think he about. Is. Absolutely because he is. he's owed so much money. See, dude, we owe him the goddamn bank. We haven't even started yeah. paying him. Exactly. For the oh, yeah. Well, this year. This year is when we start paying him. I think it's next year. I think it's this year. Pretty sure it's this year. And that's a great point, man. I yeah. mean, the people who paid him were Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kimes. So he is playing for his job because the entire front office is brand new. Well, yeah. So he's, so, I mean, good point. So he's coming in. It's not until 2025. Oh, fuck us. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Are you sure it's 2025? Uh, oh, okay. Okay. No, no. It's not 2025. It's next year, 2024. But even still, the fact of the matter is he's only making like seven, eight million this year. And so it is kind of, what you're saying is it's his prove it year and he has to show that he is that dude. And to Mike's point, new regime, the head coach and the GM have totally turned over. So is Kyler going to be the guy moving forward? That's what we really have to figure out. And I understand Tom and what you're saying is like from Kyler's perspective, he wants to come back. He wants to prove himself, but it's not about what Kyler wants. It's about what the organization wants. Well, okay, so we we don't know how he feels or what he wants, you know, whatever. I'm just saying, like, if I was him, I'd want to come back. And, like, you know, he's a competitor. He wants to come back. He wants to be great. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, man, that's crazy. I didn't know that he was only making eight. Are you sure, you sure he's only making eight million this year? Yeah, it's like two who million the, salary, seven who the and a half. Fuck, are we paying this year, dude? Nobody. Are we even touching this? This is ridiculous. This team is. Wow, absolutely just wow. And you can't pay Buda Baker? Like you're sit like you're sitting on a fucking treasure trove and you can't pay fucking Buda Baker goddamn fucking starter fucking money in the in the NFL. You can't pay him top ten safety money. You can't. Motherfucker's requesting a trade. He's not he's holding out of voluntary workouts. You can't pay him that money. That's ridiculous. Well, the funny, pay that guy. The funny thing is, um, he is still, Buda Baker is still the highest paid player on the Cardinals roster. Well, he is, but not. He's like, he's not. I'm talking about in the league. No, like, I know, I know. I'm. Yeah. I know. I don't disagree. Yeah, with he's you, a top. Because when you ask about pay? who we're paying, yeah, who are they paying? Uh, Marquise Brown, Zach Ertz, oh, DJ Humphreys, oh, James Conner. Uh, that's pretty much it. Isaiah Simmons is getting like six million or something like that. Uh. It's funny because one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Our uh, Paris Johnson, our draft pick, is like the tenth or ninth highest paid player on our roster. Dude, what's sad is when you have a. We're going to call him a franchise quarterback right now, okay? Don't get it wrong. But when you have a good quarterback on a rookie deal, you capitalize on these years. We don't pay him that much. So obviously, we sold out. We fucking gave him the fucking bank. So what's sad is we can't capitalize on that year where he's not making that much, right? And we have enough leeway to pay other guys to contribute to a winning effort. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just it's not sad. It's, it's sad the way it went. Whether you bring him back or not, that's still the case, yeah, right? Because there's nothing around him. I mean, you, I mean, I'm not blaming... Do you say, who do I blame? No, no. No, who do you blame it on? I'm not, not you particularly. Um as Cardinals fans, who do we blame it on? Yeah, I you, think you blame it on Michael Bidwell. I blame it on Steve Kime. I'm going Steve Kime. 
kind it's, of a great it's pick. Not, it's not Austin Ford. But it starts, It's we've talked about this before on past podcasts, it starts from the top down. Yeah. And Michael Bidwell from, we've heard now former players that have left the organization or have played for the organization in the past talk about the shit that, we, that we've touched on where they had to pay for Gatorades and meals and shit that other franchises just don't do. It's just, it's a common trope with Valley Sports owners Aside from now that we have Ishbia, but he's a he's coming in. But they're cheap. They're fucking cheap, man. Yeah, he's he's cheap. Okay, but I'm saying, how does this team go from ten and two to just absolutely just atrocious? Was, so what? Like what? What happened? You know, like like had you know we just totally were squandering the fact that we could have totally capitalized on this last year of his rookie contract dysfunction it's horrible man it's, it's it's terrible their first taste in the playoffs for a long time and they weren't ready to show up and they got their asses shown on national television and they couldn't pick up the pieces from well, yeah. there that's and, what happened and then kyler murray gives up he doesn't even go in you have cole mccoy sitting there saying hey dude you should probably go in you know go, go out there for your teammates you go out there and that fucking, showed the leadership right yeah, there be so. the yeah and he wouldn't and Cole McCoy had to go in and finish that game. That's, yeah, and you have guys even in the this... The grossest thing I think I've ever seen. Even in this just offseason, what was it, Kelvin Beecham, who said Kyler needs to grow up? Do you think he grew up in five, six months? No. No. Kyler, he can be the first guy in, the last guy out. He can have all the praise and smoke blown oh, up his ass, but he's still anybody, the same guy. Anybody can work out, man. He has to prove himself. You want me to move some weights? Yeah, here we go. I'm going to pick this up and put it fucking down. Anybody can do that. Oh, he's a he's a gym junkie. Oh, he's good. Okay, yeah, I, well, I want to see him on the goddamn that. field. I want to see him on the sideline. I want to see him fire some people up. I want to see him fucking put something together and win a goddamn football game. What is that going to happen? Oh, 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 my God. You're doing so good in rehab? Oh, you can squat 500 after you blew out your fucking ACL? Was it ACL? Was ACL, ACL right? yeah. Yeah. Who cares, dude? Get out there. Do some fucking nine-on-nine drills or whatever it is. Like, I, I don't know. I just... So, I think the question was... What? Go. No, what, what was the when, question? Why are you doing that whole face thing? Because Mike was going to say something. looked like you had to poop. And make sure you stay tuned to TikTok at AZ <laughs> underscore VSP where Tomlin will be squatting and throwing nine yard outs. No, I said I said like nine on nine. Well, you're gonna be throwing nine yard outs. Chris will be out there running around. Yeah, so you could you're toss some balls. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Running. It's, I know that people want to. Because you said that. anybody no, could do it. Seven, no, I think it's seven on seven. We'll all do it. It's normally yeah, seven on seven. It's, on, it's seven on seven. That's Correct. what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Not nine on nine. We knew, we knew what you meant. I fucked that up. You're all good. Yeah. I'm with you though, bro. Yeah. I mean, they put the tape out there to make sure that you're feeling good and you're you're feeling warm about the progression and that kind of stuff. But only time will tell. Yeah, but but his question was: Is he going to be the guy, though? I guess largely, yeah. Is is so Tyler going to be the guy? So we're going to talk about how we might have the first and the second pick in the draft next year. I'm okay with moving on from Kyler. I just okay. bluntly say that. I don't give a I, fuck I about what he's too. squatting or how early he gets to the facility. <laughs> squat on my face. Or how much war zone he's playing. I'm sorry, Kyler. I'm sorry. You were a great college quarterback. I don't think you're a great NFL quarterback. Period. I'll I don't think you, he will I'll be either. So and I don't this, think he will be. Well, this is like his this is his season. Like he that's why I'm saying, like, chomping at the bit, bro. Get back. Come in. 
prove to the new coaching staff that you're the guy. Like tell, like prove to them that you're the guy that they paid this and that, whatever. So if that happens, like he's gonna play this year. He's going to if he yeah. comes back week four, or comes back week nine, week ten. Like he's gonna come back and he's gonna play. So we're gonna see how he does. And I really think that what this, what the front office really way is however he does like you you gotta like man if he comes out and he's just a total bum granted he doesn't have a lot of supporting cast around him obviously this roster is complete dog poop yeah like i i don't know like but then you you do the cliff kingsbury thing well you know or uh the steve wilkes thing well he didn't have a chance to win you know he didn't you know he had a bad roster like you didn't give a chance or uh, but that's also what you hope for from a guy like that, where he's going to take those next steps and get extra wins for being the leader and being a guy who can really change the face of an organization. I mean, we saw it to some extent when he started winning the Rookie of the Year and that. But, I mean, what did we get from him last year? The Oakland Raiders game? What else did we get? We got underwhelming performances consistently he until he was weapons. hurt Good and he word. had weapons yeah, he had great, exactly yeah. so yeah i he can talk the talk gannon and austin fort can talk the talk but we need to see kyler walk the walk and i agree with you to some extent tallman you want to see him given opportunities whether it's half a season three quarters of a season but at the end of the day i will just be very blunt here i don't believe in this kid whatsoever but can you move off of a guy that you haven't even started paying yet hopefully hopefully. you you signed him to all this shit he's making like he's gonna get 230 million dollars can you move you can't move off of the dolphins no one's gonna trade for him (laughs) the the dolphins will take him well (laughs) no one's gonna trade for him you can't get off of him you're screwed man you're absolutely fucking screwed I know Tallman wanted to do predictions here for the I season. Would, I, I wanted to, yeah. It would have been really quick. We'd have gone, no. It would not have been quick. Commanders, but yes, Here's yes, a quick yes, one. No. Here's a quick one. Go. Early, early, before the season, before anything has happened, predictions. Like we said, Bet MGM has placed us at 4.5 wins. Under. Over, under. Under. Big time under, dude. Under. Dude, if we win, we're going to win three games. <laughs> That's generous. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to win three games. And it's going to be... What's funny is we're going to beat the Commanders in week one. I know it. We're going to go 1-0, and and they're going to be like, oh, look at the Cardinals. Oh, my God. Hey, this is the jack-off hour. Um, the, the, <laughs> Yo. Yo. And to answer the question that I pose, I'm going to go with over. You're going to go over? Okay. No, you're crazy. Okay. Well, we... Guys, I, I feel like with this Kyler Murray stuff, we're kind of starting to talk in circles. I do want to do our season predictions a little bit later on, maybe in our July or August episode. But before we get to the two-hour mark, I want to just pass it over to VSP Tallman first to let you, sh- to let you, to give you the opportunity to share with us your final thoughts on anything Valley Sports related, whether it's Kyler Murray, the Arizona Cardinals, the Arizona Diamondbacks, or the Phoenix Suns, or even the Phoenix Coyotes, if you really want. Or the Arizona Coyotes, I'm sorry. Is, is it Arizona Coyotes? It's Arizona Coyotes, right, well, yeah. Well, fuck them. Um, Phoenix Rising, even, if, if that's They, they lost Shane Doan, so... Oh, man. Uh, no, anyway. Uh, last thoughts, dude. Last thoughts, really? For now. 
just for, for now. now. Oh, we'll, just we'll, for now. Be okay. we'll be back. We'll be back. We'll come right, back right, in right, July. Good. We'll record right. an episode. So, uh, maybe we can get you on a live stream to share your thoughts oh, in, in yeah, between the supplement. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Okay. Maybe. All right. Awesome. Um, keep your eyes out on D-backs. Trade deadline is going to be huge. Uh, this front office is going to be aggressive. I know it. I know it. And this team's going to do good. Uh, Cardinals-wise, don't get your hopes up. We're going to be really bad. Uh, Kyler Murray's going to try to play for his job, and we're going to figure out how we can get rid of a quarterback that we owe $200 million. It's a tall task. That's that's a, that's a hot take right there. Yeah. I like it, though. Michael Benjamin, what about you, sir? Mark your calendars. July 11th, the 2023 MLB All-Star Game. I'm going to put another prediction out there. I'm thinking at least... Three Arizona Diamondbacks are playing in that game. I like oh, it. Oh, man. I'm, I'm just so excited. This is exactly what we need to get us through this damn hot summer, man. <laughs> Let's get Corbin Carroll and Lourdes Goriel Jr. in the starting lineup, so make sure you get out there and vote. But it doesn't stop, man. I mean, we're so far away from football. We're still talking about it. The Suns are making crazy moves. Make sure you're staying tapped into everything we got going on. We got live streams weekly. We got recaps for the Diamondbacks going on every two weeks. We just appreciate everything. And thank you guys for staying tapped in. And thank you, Chris and Tallman, once again, for letting me come out to the seedy side of the East <laughs> Valley to rock with y'all super late on this Oh, now you, Sunday morning. You love it out here. I lo- well, I won't say I love it, but I love y'all. That's what I'll say. Yeah, nobody loves it out here. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys coming out to Studio A. We're recording this in the Deep East Valley, soon to be a city here in Santan Valley. But <laughs> Get out and vote. <laughs> if you live in Santan Valley, get out and vote. No, uh, I, I totally I like what you guys said there. On, I'll, I guess, touch on the suns a little bit. Very optimistic for their future and i'm really excited about this brad beal move also like i stated earlier on a bit concerned about these guys and their ability to stay healthy i hope they get enough games in together and are all healthy and available come playoff basketball time in 2024 that's so far away uh and a lot to keep tabs on you know the suns and the cardinals are in their off seasons but main focus right now is on the arizona diamondbacks michael benjamin said it july 11th the all-star game is coming up the mid-season and then shortly thereafter we will see the trade deadline so hopefully some moves are made hopefully we can build out this roster a bit more as far as pitching staff is concerned with the starting rotation and hopefully we get some help in the bullpen and I think that's just a common theme with the Valley in any sports team is hopefully that is my key word for this podcast is hopefully and uh, again uh, and just kind of bouncing around here uh, seeing what happens with DeAndre Ayton is he going to be on this team is he not things move fast here so in July when we record episode 19 of the heat check podcast we could be talking about a totally different landscape for all of these teams but for now we will leave you with that make sure you follow us on Facebook and YouTube Valley Sports Plug and at az underscore vsp on instagram tiktok and twitter i thank you so much for tuning in if you made it this far and i know you'll be tuning in for much more and we appreciate that so for michael benjamin and vsp tallman i am of course chris packer and we will see you next time